Today's episode is part of our Protective Intelligence Honors Program, a program we developed at the Center for Protective Intelligence to celebrate the top pioneers and thought leaders in physical security. Each month, we will be recognizing groundbreaking professionals who have driven new shifts and novel practices, development of innovative solutions, and are contributing to influencing and advancing the physical security and protection industry. Today, I'm speaking with one of our honorees, Cynthia Hetherington, founder and president of Hetherington Group, a cyber investigations, consulting, publishing, and training firm to discuss her views on leadership, changes in the physical security space, and more. For her complete bio, please visit our website, protectiveintelligencehonors.com. Cynthia, welcome. Thank you, Fred. It's a real pleasure to be here, and I'm just so excited to have this chat with you. Cynthia, how did you get into the security industry? That's a fun story. Um, I was a public librarian. I have a master's degree in library science. I was happily handing out books on Marco Polo and telling people how to get their um, their automobiles evaluated through books like the NADA or the Blue Book. Uh, I essentially was Google before Google even existed. <laughs> but, you know, I was really, you know, working great. I was very, this is the early 1990s, and I certainly was the youngest librarian in my library, uh, which made me the default computer technology person. Back then, Fred, a, a computer would be coming from Gateway, maybe Dell, it would be a 386, it would have cost you at least thirty-eight dollars to $4,000. You know, it was a real valuable item. So I was handed this task of both managing a very expensive asset and then also understanding what it did. I threw myself into it, fell in love with computers and ended up really just everything that came natural at the time. So the World Wide Web was being created and I got to chit chat with Tim Berners-Lee, who's the founder of the World Wide Web and Vint Cerf, who's part of the TCP IP stack and all the techie geeky things that were happening. Librarians were really on the forefront of bringing the World Wide Web to what we see it today. In the process of doing that, law enforcement community, which I'm very close to in northern New Jersey, uh, started coming to the library and saying, "What? what's the World Wide Web? And Fred, I would show them, you know, like, this is the internet, this is the World Wide Web, this is what we do. And I helped many of the young agencies here get onto the web themselves with the librarian's approach. Like, this is how you go for grant money. This is how we set up our computers. This is what how you get an internet connection. Back then, the Electronic Crimes Task Force was getting started by Bob Weaver out of Secret Service. InfraGuards were starting to pop up. Um, gee, Don Cavender was, I think, one of the first FBI agents on the CART teams at the Bureau. And all these gentlemen, and I will call them gentlemen because they were all men at the time, uh, Michael Garrity, New Jersey State Police, Jimmy Doyle, and NYPD, and then an entire West Coast, they were all exchanging and learning from each other. Somehow I got pulled into the mix and I started teaching the internet and the World Wide Web because they're amazing investigators, but I was really read into how information is transferred, disseminated, stored, and reallocated um, from my librarian experience. We just all became incredibly good, fast friends. I thought what they did was way more interesting than handing out books on Marco Polo. So I slowly <laughs> transitioned into the private detective side of this which 25, 30 years later, I'm still here. And every one of those wonderful folks 
were really part of that transition, but never got to wear the uniform, but have always been really close to it because it's my, I consider it my founding. And now they're all, I mean, Tim Berners-Lee is Sir Tim Berners-Lee. Mike Garrity is the CISO of New Jersey. I mean, these folks have really, they've made something of themselves. <laughs> That's an amazing story. What's the biggest change you've seen in the security space during your career? When I started out as a detective, right, there I was, an investigator, young and ambitious and using the internet for most of what I did, we still had to do the old detective stuff. I had to go do surveillance or get interviews or find ex-wives to get to information that was hard to reach and was also considered discretionary. You wouldn't talk about your life um, in detail. We certainly wouldn't talk about our salaries or health or, or tax status or any conditions that we consider to be, in my old days, private information. Then social media happened. And the, that platform gave everyone a voice. Before social media started to be a thing, only people who knew how to do programming or write web pages had their voice heard on the internet and the World Wide Web. But then once social media platforms gave us a fill-in-the-blank profile that we could create and then extend our, our own version of what our story was. Everyone had a voice. Once social media became a thing, I stopped going out in the road as a detective. I started really extending my reach into social media research, cyber investigations, and monitoring, just watching the internet for anything that would be good intelligence for myself or my clients. It was a game changer for me professionally, but it's also been an obvious influencer. Um, you know, Fred, back in the mid-90s, I was teaching at Fletzy in things called cyber counterterrorism. And today, I mean, it was before 9-11. And today, you know, we talk about how social media and its platforms have created opportunity for people to send any type of in individual into a military-like mindset and disenfranchise with their government and into a threat against our clients or, you know, government. So social media is the game changer. Cynthia, do you have a favorite failure of yours? <laughs> every day, every day I find something that I say, gee, I could have done better at that. Uh, whether it's, you know, showing up late for a meeting or being a, a guide or a leader to my staff, uh, I, I just like I tell them, I tell myself, you know, nobody judges you by the medals and the wonderful awards and accolades you win. I, I really feel that's true. You get judged by how you pick yourself up from your failures. And I thought about this and I think that the thing that always really crushed me was that since I didn't come from the security world, I wasn't in the law enforcement community. I wasn't for, I'm not former military. I'm not from the intelligence community. It was a, a librarian, and God forbid, a female at that. I, I, I don't know if I should call it a failure because I'm very proud of my background being a librarian. And, you know, I can't think of being anything else but being a Jersey girl. So I see myself as uniquely different to the community at large. But how I was able to get over what I do consider uh, imposter syndrome, you know, showing up five years into this career, I still had to prove my worth and my work had to carry me. And now, 25 years later, I, I really feel the burden and the wonderful responsibility of showing other young women, you too could step into this industry. You don't have to have a same, there's no serial person for this job. We come from everywhere now. We come from all walks. 
So I think I'd count it not as a failure, but as an incredible learning experience that I had along the way. Do you have a favorite book or a book that you like to give to people as a gift? That's a a really hard question to ask a librarian. It's funny because I just did, I'm teaching a class at University of Arizona on open source intelligence. And as I'm prepping the class, I have a, a required reading list and then I have a recommended reading list. So new to this industry, you want to be in open source intelligence. No one, I mean, I've written four books, but frankly, I make sure everyone gets Mike Basil's latest book on open source intelligence because he just, he's a prolific writer. He's very well read. He's an excellent trainer. He does great podcasts. But in the same token, you know, there's other leadership books I want to put in front of people. Um, There's books on critical thinking I like to get in front of them. And what I've really been really been pushing a lot lately are books on, and and I'll just give you a a recent book. Like what's my recent favorite book is um, Jay Shetty, S-H-E-T-T-Y, is a former monk. And he wrote a book called How to Think Like a Monk. And it's fascinating because for, for intelligence analysts, it's not about OSINT all day long. We're already read into what we do as a tradecraft. But what we need to do is understand how do we get out of our own thoughts and look at a situation from an outside perspective? Maybe that outside perspective, Fred, is you as my boss. I have to see it from your viewpoint, or I have to step out and I have to look at it from the client's viewpoint or society's viewpoint. I think Jay gives us a chance to start thinking about information, our approach to life, our approach to what we consider to be a priority and mandatory, and gives us a good a good way to wrap our arms around a situation and put things in perspective. Because, and especially I mentioned this for now and today, everyone is so stressed out, whether your workload is increased because of um, the pandemic, or you have lost work because of the pandemic, or your priorities have shifted greatly in the last year. It is a really good time to take a step back and do a self audit and decide what is my priority? Where should I put my attention? And how do I keep developing my own skill set? Well said. Cynthia, what is your everyday carry? <laughs> There's an old expression called needs must. <laughs> now I'm getting now like a, now you're getting into the old lady in me. And I would I would tell you the truth, it would be lipstick, my cell phone, and a good crossword puzzle, because you just never know where you're gonna be stuck and you wanna have something in hand. But uh definitely a cell phone. And the old days, back in nine eleven, I would have always carried two cell phones with two different carriers. Because cellular service could have been a little spotty, and if a tower went out in a neighborhood, you didn't have connections and telecommunications to your people. Today, we have a lot more connectivity, so maybe one good cell phone, one solid carrier. But the real thing that goes with me every day is my moral turpitude. And it's my North Star. It's, it's what helps me because, you know, Fred, in the intelligence industry, you get a lot of asks, and particularly in the open source intelligence community. We are still not clearly defined. This is not computer forensics. This is not interview and interrogation. Those are tradecrafts that have been around for so long. We have very clear guidelines. They have been challenged in court. There's all kinds of experts. But in open source intelligence, this is still a a new and expanding field. And I, being a leader in this industry, have to make sure that I set an excellent example for people under me who are like, would Cynthia do this? Now I'm giving myself a whole band load of credit there, but there's not a lot of us in this space. And we do talk to each other. I mean, we share 
amongst our own community. Like, how would you handle this questionable activity or what do you think we should do? So morals and what your, what your foothold is, what wakes you up in the morning and what allows you to put your head down in a pillow is really what guides me through every day, every uncomfortable conversation and every choice that we make for both my company and my team. That's a great answer. Cynthia, is there anything I haven't asked that you would like to share? I would love to make sure that the folks that are considering open source intelligence, um, online research, cyber investigations, especially the young folks that are out there or the folks who are transitioning out of their more traditional tradecraft jobs. I mean, I have surveillance guys who'd like to get out of their car. Um, take this opportunity. This is still a growing trade and a wonderful opportunity for many investigators. The pandemic has put us all at home. And I was very fortunate to have found the right job and the right career path for myself and for my staff and my company. We didn't skip a beat. We increased by 300% during COVID because we could still operate from anywhere on the planet, whether you're in an airport or you're, you know, working from your home or you're in a formal office. I mean, this is, this is an industry and we got, you know, kind of throw a shout out for Ontic, but you have a product or a platform like Ontic to kind of bounce all of your, your feeds, your content, your research through. I mean, I know you really could be, I mean, frankly, we should all be working from some beautiful island country with our feet dipped in the pool <laughs> saying we're doing amazing intelligence work for a country that could be 3000 miles away. I mean, the abilities there, guys, go ahead and go for it. Try this out and see how you feel about it. And I would always say I'm a librarian first. You can always email me and ask me questions. I will never turn someone away for that. Cynthia, thank you for being on the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.ai slash center. Again, that's ontic.ai slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monte Verde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.ai or visit ontic.ai slash center for more information. And thanks for listening.